Priority Talk. Here we are on a Wednesday night. I hope all of you are doing well. My name is Nate Williams. Greg Davis is out for the second hour, and we're talking Bible tonight. I know many of us are involved in our churches, and and typically, traditionally, Wednesday nights are uh, Bible study class nights or whatever your church does, maybe some event or a meal. And I love all of it, diving into the Word, fellowshipping, and all that. However, some of us, for whatever reason, on a night like tonight, can't make it to a church, or maybe you don't have a local church. And what Greg's been doing in particular the last couple weeks is he's been using some of this uh, Wednesday night show to have a Bible study, just us. And I think it's a great idea. And so even though Greg is out for this second hour, I'll be uh, I'm here right now and uh, I'm just going to continue with that tradition a little bit. So I'm, I'm excited. But why do we read our Bibles? It's kind of cliche as Christians. We're, we're often told that read your Bibles, go to church, make sure to pray. All those things are true, and we do need to do those things. But what happens is if you've grown up in the church and you hear that so much, it kind of loses its – it loses the why behind the what. We're just supposed to do it, but we don't know why. I think it's important to remember that Bible doctrine, the things we hold to be true, theology, the study of God, it affects how we live. So if you believe that there's no God and a tragedy happens, well, what are you going to respond with? There's going to be maybe hopelessness, maybe some nihilism. There's no point. There's no purpose. Maybe a little bit of hedonism, which is pleasure. I'm just going to go... Get, get drunk and I'm going to go sleep around because life has no meaning and I, I, I just trying to drown out the pain. Maybe I'll just get numb and I'll just maybe make some medical decisions that are uh, unfortunate because your theology in that situation is there is no God. So it's almost like a theology and it affects your your ethics, how, how you live, what's right and what's wrong. Well, it's the same thing with Christians, that your doctrine, what you believe about the Bible, your faith, and your theology, what you think about God, it affects your day-to-day life. And we don't always think about it that way as Christians, but we should. What you believe about God, it really matters. It makes a difference. And so if it makes a difference, if it's important, then we want to make sure we have good doctrine. We want to make sure we have good theology. And what's the best way to do that? Well, as Protestants, I know we have non-denominational, those in a non-denominational church listening out there, Baptist church, you know, whatever church you're from, that uh, that we believe in Scripture. We believe the Bible is the Word of God. And so we want our doctrine and our theology to uh, come from Scripture, to be firmly rooted in the Bible. Because if it's not... Man, let me tell you, you can believe some wild things and still think, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a good Christian. Yeah, I, I, I know stuff. Yeah. But then it turns out, well, maybe, maybe we don't know as much as we think we do. So this is uh, 2020. This article was written a few years ago at this point, which is wild to think. 2020 was a few years ago. Anyways, sorry, got caught up there. Just crazy that it was a survey 
uh, Ligonier Ministries State of Theology Survey is a biennial survey conducted by Lifeway Research, and just it takes the theological temperature of the United States and reveals what Americans believe about God, Jesus Christ, the Bible, sin, worship, and ethics. So there's the State of Theology Survey that comes out biennially. And uh, the last one, in, uh, I guess it was 2020. I'm not sure if there's a more, you know, uh, there are lots of surveys like this out there. And uh, let's see. Okay, here, here's what I want to talk about. Doctrine. Almost one third in this survey, 30%, agree with the statement that Jesus was a great teacher, but he was not God. Now, you're thinking 30% of who? What is this group? Wow, that's that's not a Christian statement. Why, right? We, we don't believe that Jesus was just a great teacher, because he was. He He's God, fully God, fully man. Okay, so 30% of this group in the survey, all right, believes that Jesus was a great teacher, not God. And we'll talk about who this group is in a moment. Almost one half... of this group believe the Holy Spirit is a force, but is not a personal being. Wow, whoever this group is, man, they got to get their act together, right? Of course, the Holy Spirit is the third person in the Trinity. You have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Uh, The Holy Spirit is a personal being. It's not a force. This is not Star Wars. Wow. What else does this group get wrong? Almost one in five, so around 20%, believes that the Holy Spirit can tell me to do something which is forbidden in the Bible. Now, as you know, God will not ask you to do something that contradicts his word, right? He's not going to make you do, uh, I don't know, insert whatever unbiblical teaching. Um, Let's see. So this group obviously doesn't know their Bible, right? A significant majority, 65%, believes that Jesus is the first and greatest being created by God. Created by God. So Jesus was was made. All right. Now, at this point, you're saying, Nate, stop. Who is this group that believes all these things? Jesus was made. Jesus was not God. The Holy Spirit is a force, not a person. Who is this group? Wow, they need to read their Bibles. Friends, from the 2020 State of Theology survey, it's evangelicals. It's people who say they have a high view of the Bible. That's who this group is. It is evangelicals. And I don't know about you. You may or may not be an evangelical. But if you're a Protestant, odds are you have a high view of Scripture. You believe that the scripture comes from God. It's inspired. It's authoritative. But how can evangelicals believe such bad doctrine that that Jesus is not God? Friends, if Jesus is not God, let's go home. Let's leave the faith. What are we doing in church? We're worshiping a man who, not God, can't do anything about your sins. No, sir. I, what, what are we doing? And and you might at this point, I could continue going on it, and I might. Let's see. Yeah, I'll, I'll quote a couple more statistics. Uh, let's see. 
Okay, almost half. Here's another statistic. 46% of evangelicals in the survey believe that everyone sins a little, but most people are good by nature. Half of evangelicals surveyed, 46%. I'm just going to round that up to 50. Almost 50% of people believe that everyone sins a little. Well, that's true. But most people are good by nature. I'm going to focus on the second half of that statement. That we're not good by nature. That's Romans. That is basic Romans theology. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's, that's Bible. That's doctrine. That's theology. That's why we need Jesus. So evangelicals, those who would say that they have a high view of the Bible, believe all these bad doctrines. This is bad theology. How? How do we get to that point? where we just don't know the basic stuff. This is the basics. I'm not even talking deep Calvinism or Arminianism. Minionism. I'm not even talking cessationism versus continuationism are the gifts for today. I'm not, I'm not even talking about the deep dives on eschatology. Post-trib, mid-trib, pre-trib, a-mill, post-mill. When is Jesus coming back? What is the millennium? I'm not even talking about some of those deeper things you can get in the weeds real quick with. I'm talking about the basics, the ABCs of the gospel. Milk. The the yeah, one, two, threes, ABCs that evangelicals don't know. And this is why we don't read our Bibles. We don't. We don't study. We kind of get the gist of things through our occasional attendance of church that maybe the maybe the pastor outlines the gospel here and there in the uh, in a sermon maybe i might catch a sunday school here and there maybe a wednesday night class every once in a while maybe i'll read some facebook verses that that'll pop up here and there if a if a facebook friend shares it and that's about it i might have a theology conversation once in a blue moon but we don't dive into the word. And as this survey shows, again, 2020 Ligonier Ministry State of Theology Survey, what happens then is we'll believe whatever sounds good. Hey, is Jesus a great teacher? Sure. Jesus not God? Uh, sure. Um, Holy Spirit can make you do things that are outside of the Bible? Yeah, whatever. Holy Spirit's God. And uh, Holy Spirit's not a being, it's a force? Yeah, whatever. And we get this way because we're not in the word. So like I was saying at the beginning of this segment when I first came on the air, that Greg Davis last couple Wednesdays, and I, again, I think it's a great idea, for those of you right now who, for whatever reason, aren't able to be in a Wednesday night Bible study, uh, fellowshipping in your local church on a night like tonight, that in the second hour or some part of the Wednesday show, We'll have a Bible study, just you and me. We'll talk about it. And, uh, you know, for example, I'm going to go to break real soon. But when we come back, we're going to walk through Second Peter chapter 1. If we uh, go long or whatever, or let's just say I walk through it a little fast, we'll get into chapter 2. And we'll just go for the rest of the show. So I hope you don't mind. Just take a seat. Uh, listen well if you disagree with me that's okay i don't mind and we'll just walk through scripture let's read the word of god together are you ready second peter one on the other side 
Here at Priority Talk, we're showcasing our longest-running advertiser and good friend of the show, Today's Family Dentistry, your family hometown dental practice, conveniently located in downtown Coleman. Make your appointment to see Dr. David Kim, Dr. Ki Tan, or Dr. Stephanie Young, along with an experienced and certified team of dental technicians and a friendly staff who serve both children and adults with a wide range of dental services. That includes general and restorative care, along with all the cosmetic enhancements to meet all of your family's dental needs. Today's Family Dentistry accepts Medicaid for children under 21, Blue Cross Blue Shield, all kids, and most commercial insurances. Give them a call today and make your appointment at 256-739-3337. That's Today's Family Dentistry, located in downtown Coleman, directly behind the Coleman County Courthouse. That's 256-739-3337. Today's Family Dentistry, your friendly hometown dentist in Coleman. Hi, Alabama. This is Robert Jeffers, Bible teacher on Pathway to Victory. Thank you so much for listening to Priority Talk with my friend, Greg Davis, right here on WXJC. back and ready to roll. My name is Nate Williams, Priority Talk. Glad to be with you tonight. I hope you're doing well. We're going to dive into 2 Peter chapter 1. Now, at this point, you might be thinking, why 2 Peter? That's random. That's exactly the point. That's why I chose it. Because sometimes, you know, we'll, we'll go through our Bibles and we, we like the Gospels. We like the Gospels because we get to learn about the life of Jesus. I think that's wonderful. Then maybe we'll go through the adventures of Acts, and Acts has some great stories, good doctrine, love it. And then we get to, you know, just different books. You have Paul's letters, good ethical teaching, good doctrine. Again, we love it. In the Old Testament, we might read Genesis, you know, Exodus, that's an exciting book. Maybe you like to read about the stories of David. I think David is a fascinating Bible uh, Bible person, and uh, etc. We choose the the major stuff because we find it interesting. But sometimes the the backs of our Bibles, uh, the back of old, the Old Testament and the back of the New Testament, they kind of get a little neglected. Those minor prophets. That, that don't get a lot of uh, headlines, well, we kind of tuck those away. Maybe we'll get to them one day. The small little itty-bitty books in the New Testament, Jude and some of the others, maybe they, they don't excite me. Who who gets excited about Jude? You know, if, if you don't know that Jude is actually a phenomenal book, you hear the book of Jude and you're like, I really don't know much about it. And so we prefer the bigger, flashier things. But all of Scripture is inspired, and I think all of Scripture is, is good, and we can learn, and we can grow. So I chose 2 Peter. You know why? Because I wanted to. It doesn't get a lot of headlines, like I said, with some of the other books. And uh, so let's dive into chapter 1. 
Uh, from you know various commentaries, I'll just give a a, a small short background. Uh, let's see. Some people put Second Peter around sixty four to sixty eight A.D. A little bit before uh, Peter's death in sixty seven or sixty eight. So, so Jesus had been dead for a, uh, well, he had died, and obviously as a Christian, I believe he didn't stay dead. Uh, his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension was a few decades ago at this point. And uh, now Peter is writing about AD 64 to 68, somewhere in there, and he dies around AD 68, Peter does. And so this is one of his last things he wrote, and it's, uh, and uh, that's why we're going to talk about it today, just because I feel like it. Second Peter chapter 1, I will read verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus, uh, and of Jesus our Lord. I love verse 3. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. I love verse 3 because you know why I love verse 3? I can just be full of it sometimes. Now, if you're my wife listening out there, some of my friends listening out there, you say, Amen. Yes, you are. You're full of it all the time. And I love to use these things called excuses. Well, I'm not growing in my faith because I'm so busy and I'm so tired and God gives me trials and uh, my marriage is this way and my friendships are that way. And if only my, uh, you know, my local church did this and, and, and the excuses just go on and on and on. And so we get to verse three, Peter's writing. His divine, his being God, God's divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. What, what Peter's doing is saying, hey, we have everything we need. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the word of God. You have, Lord willing, hopefully a good, healthy local church. You're, you're, you're praying. You're in the word. You have what you need. Hopefully you're in a discipleship relationship with someone, someone older, wiser than you, uh, that uh, that you can go to for questions. And hopefully you're also mentoring and discipling those younger than you as well. So you're receiving wisdom and you're giving wisdom. You have everything you need. So cut the crap. I'm just going to be more blunt. And that's for me, too, that sometimes we are so good at explaining, uh, excusing why God seems so far away. God, where are you? And God's like, I haven't gone anywhere. You're the one walking away from me. And then you you then ask where I am. That doesn't make sense. I'll continue on in verse four. Through these, he has given us very great and, and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires, that God is slowly molding us and shaping us to be more and more like Jesus. I think that's beautiful. Verse 5, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, 
and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. So on top of faith, we want to add these other things, goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, mutual affection, and love. So let's be praying for these things. Man, I know some of you out there, you need to persevere. It's tough. You want to throw in the towel. You want to quit. You want to leave. You want to run. Stay in there. I always tell people, don't give up on your marriage. Don't give up on your faith. Don't give up on the local church. Now, again, I don't know your exact situation. If there's abuse, if there's corruption, if there is ungodly bad leadership, yeah, you might need to leave one local church, but don't give up on the church itself because God is the head of the church. And I know I know Christians can be the worst sometimes. I know. I, I hear it. Well, what's the what's the saying we'll often use? The worst part of humanity is the people. You know, worst part of the church is the people. I, I get it. But don't give up on the church because God never gave up on you. So so stay strong. Persevere. Uh, knowledge. I think sometimes knowledge is overlooked at times. We can either worship it because, oh, I'm going to be so smart because I know so much. Okay, that's not good. But God does want us to know things, know things about him first and foremost. We want to study God to know more about him because when you love someone, you want to get to know them better. I can't say I love you if I want nothing to do with you. I don't want to learn about you, your routine, your personality, your your likes, your dislikes, your hobbies, the food you like, uh, uh, your worries, your fears, your anxieties. If I love you, I want to get to know you. So we need to get to know God. So that's knowledge. So anyways, just a good list. We want to grow in our faith. Uh, where am I? Okay, verse 8. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Ain't that the truth? Sometimes in my walk, I feel those words right there, ineffective and unproductive. Like, man, God, I'm, I'm running in place. You ever, have you ever had a nightmare and you just try to run? You are just trying so hard to run, but you're not moving anywhere. The effort's there. You are swinging those arms and you are grunting, but you're not moving anywhere. Sometimes that's how it is with our faith. And so we want to draw closer to God, not through our own efforts. It's not, hey, God, I read my Bible today, so I want to purchase some godliness, if you please. That's not how this works. Hey, God, I prayed today, so I would like to purchase some intimacy with you because I've earned it. Give me my insert whatever we want from God. God, I prayed today. Why don't you fix my marriage? Come on, God. I spent some time with you. Come on now. That's not the way for children to be. If your child just used you for stuff, you, you wouldn't feel great. God doesn't want us just to check boxes. He wants a relationship. He genuinely wants you to talk with him through prayer and learn from him through his word. These are just important things to, to think about that we don't want to use God. So as we 
want to be effective and productive in our faith, again, it's not so that we can earn things from God and demand things from him. No, we want to to glorify him. We want to worship him. We want to grow closer to him. Anyways, uh, that is verse 8. When we come back, we're, we're walking through 2 Peter chapter 1 for those of you who have just joined us. It's Wednesday night. Many of us are in class right now, uh, you know, if you're part of a local church. Uh, many of us are not able to be in class for whatever reason, not able to fellowship wherever you worship at the moment. And uh, so that's why we're doing this Bible study. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 9, when we return, check out our uh, website, PriorityTalkRadio.com. And also, uh, we have a podcast as well, Priority Talk. So if you're not able to listen Monday through Fridays from 5 to 7, that's all right. Make sure to download our podcast uh, wherever you get your podcasts and, and listen to the episodes there. Second uh, Peter chapter 9, when we come back. Good news, Christian values. That's what Priority Talk Radio is all about. Join President of ALCAB, Greg Davis, along with co-host and apologist, Nate Williams, to hear about the latest news through a Christian lens. With a focus on politics and ministry, ultimately everything points to God. Join us weeknights from 5 to 7 p.m. on Truth 101.1 WXJC. And now, back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. My life be like... We are a little bit past 6.30 right now. This is Nate Williams talking with you through 2 Peter chapter 1. For those of you just joining, what we're doing is we're kind of having a Bible study, walking through scripture, sharing some of my thoughts. And here's the thing. Don't take my word for any of this. If you're driving out there, you're like, okay, this guy sounds kind of funny, and I don't know what he looks like, but he probably looks kind of funny, and I'm just not sure about it. Well, the beautiful thing about the Bible is it's available on your phone, on your computer. They'll have free versions, but also I hope you have a physical copy of the Bible, and go check it out for yourself. Uh, if you don't like my interpretation of something, number one, you're wrong. Just has it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it, go read it for yourself. I encourage people. I don't have a monopoly on the truth. So if I say something you disagree with, uh, just read the Bible for yourself. That's the beautiful thing. We're not gatekeepers here. Your pastor should not be a gatekeeper. Like, oh. Just trust me, bro. Just trust me. No, let's pray about it. Let's talk about it. Let's let's wait and, and think and meditate and let's consult commentaries. A lot of good commentaries out there. Let's consult maybe people from the past. Now, I'm not saying the church fathers got everything right, but it's just another voice. Other opinions we can check out. Anyway, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 9. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting they have been cleansed from their past sins. And so them, 
You might be thinking if you're just joining, what's them? But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind. That refers back to an earlier part of the passage talking about some of those godly characteristics we have as we grow closer to uh, we grow closer to God. It was also referring to the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We want to have good knowledge. We want to have good character. If we don't have those things, uh, we are nearsighted and blind. Uh, verse 10, therefore, my brothers and sisters, Make every effort to confirm your calling and election, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. And at this point, you're like, that's kind of funny phrasing. You might be thinking, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. Is Peter saying we need to earn our salvation? Is that what Peter's saying? Is Peter saying that, man, work really hard? I don't think so. I know Paul has a similar verse in in Philippians, you know, with fear and trembling, uh, Peter says, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. What does that mean? I simply take it to mean that uh, work on your faith, Uh, examine your faith, meditate on your walk with God. It's, It's like, how often do you think about how you think? We think all the time, at least I hope. You think about, all right, can I cross the street safely? Uh, We think about, oh, am I I hungry? What, What should I eat? We think a lot of thoughts. But how often do we think about the way we think? I hope I haven't lost you at this point. Same thing with our faith. We make decisions, hopefully, based on our faith all the time. How we should live. How we should give how we should love. We we live our faith, Lord willing, a lot. But how often do we examine the roots of our faith? Do we take time to meditate on, all right, God, how strong is my walk with you? Am I living in sin during these moments? Uh, during these in, in these days? Am I Am I hiding things from you, God? Am I holding things back from you? I think that's what Peter means here. He's not meaning, ooh, work work uh, for your salvation. No. He's saying make every effort to confirm your calling and election. Think about your relationship with God. Are you producing fruit? Are you being faithful? Are you being obedient? Continuing on, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. Verse 11 And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I love that. You will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Friends, this earth is not your home. It's not. We got to stop living for our bank accounts. We got to start stop living for our retirement. Even even you think about the good things in this life. God has given you maybe a family, a marriage. Those are beautiful things. Enjoy them. Help them to to grow. I hope that God blesses you richly with all those things and through all those things. But that's not why you're here. 
so many of us, we take the good things of God and we make them idols. We make them idols because uh, we, we start to worship the creation instead of the creator. Nature is beautiful. Don't worship it. Having a spouse is great. Don't worship your spouse. Having kids is wonderful. Don't worship your kids. Having a bank account and a house and being able to vacation and technology, those are all good things in and of themselves, even though sometimes they're twisted. But that's not why we're here. We're here, friends, to, to we're, we're living for the kingdom. We're living to see our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For him to, to, to hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. To be with God forever, to enjoy him forever. That's why we're living. One day there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. So what happens is if we make idols out of this life, when we make idols out of this life, we miss out on a much richer life. A relationship with our creator, our God, our savior, our maker, the, the beautiful, the, the glorious, the majestic, mighty Yahweh, our, our, our great God. We read about him in the Bible, that we are to pursue him. And, and so verse 11, you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom. Doesn't stop there. Who owns this kingdom? Who will rule this kingdom into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? I love that verse, if I'm being honest. Lord and Savior, let's talk about those two words for a moment. We love the Savior part. Jesus, save me. I'm a sinner. I need your grace. I need the blood of the Lamb. And we love that part. I do too. I'm with you. The Lord part is where we start to have problems. We hear Lord and we're like, oh no, God might actually ask some things of me. He might actually have some commands for me. He might actually want me to, uh-oh, you're not ready for this word. You're not ready for me to hit you with obey, but that's what I got to do. That God is not just your savior. Jesus is not just your savior. Yes, that's important. I, I need to be saved from my sin. But he's also our Lord. And he wants us to obey him. So don't forget that as well. We love the savior part, but don't forget the Lord too. Let me see the time. Uh, do I want to get into the next section? I might not even make it through all... In chapter 1, there's 21 verses. I might not even make through all of them. I'm at verse 12. Well, that's okay. You know why it's okay I'm not going to get through all of chapter 1? Because when you get home, when you get out of the car, you're done driving, when you are, let's say you're listening to this on the podcast, and uh, you're washing dishes, you're, uh, I don't know, whatever you feel like doing, you're just chilling and you have this on, you can read all 21 verses. So even if I don't get through them, that's okay. 
you can as well. Uh, you Not as well, because I'm not doing it, but you can once I'm done. So we're going to go to break, and then we'll come back at verse 12. For those of you who are just joining us, we're walking through Second Peter chapter 1 on this Wednesday night. Some of us aren't always able to make a class at a local church. So if that's you and you're listening, I'm glad you could join uh, join me. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 12, when we return, uh, don't go anywhere. Marketing can be overwhelming because the marketing landscape is full of holes to lose your money. Stop trying to piece your marketing together. Start marketing with a purpose. Dot Edison Marketing is your full-service marketing partner. They are your business's outsourced marketing team. Call them at 205-332-3728. That's 205-332-3728. Or go to their website at .edison.com. Hey, everybody. This is Kurt Cameron, and you're listening to Greg Davis on Priority Talk. Closing out this second hour, remember Priority Talk is on Mondays through Fridays, 5 to 7. We are almost at 7 o'clock, so I'm going to just keep walking through the first chapter of Second Peter. So let's see, verse 12. So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. Verse 13, I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body, because I know that I will soon put it aside, as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. So Peter is is writing this letter to believers going through a tough time. There's, uh, you know, you're going to have some persecution, some trials, uh, temptations and all that. And he just wants people to, to know about Jesus, know about the gospel, have good doctrine, to be bold in the faith. And uh, so I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. Reminders are important. I'll often say this. Christianity is half reminders and remembering. We need to be reminded continually of what Christ has done for us. We need to remember how good God has been to us throughout our life. And so that's what Peter's doing. He wants us to be uh, reminded of these things about the, the hope we have in Christ. And uh, verse 14, because I know that I will soon put it aside, talking about his body. What boldness. I love that. Peter knows he's about to go home. Peter knows he's going to go see Jesus soon. I don't know if uh, someone told him. It says, as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me, maybe he had a vision, a dream, a strong feeling. I don't know. But Jesus is about to call him home. And so how does he want to spend his last few moments? Well, he wants to tell people about 
Jesus. He wants to encourage and strengthen believers. I think that's commendable. Verse 15, and I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. I can definitely say thousands of years later after Peter died that we do remember these things through these letters, through tradition and the creeds and the councils. I'm glad we have the Bible. Verse 16, this is a great apologetics verse. For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. That's important from an apologetic standpoint. Friends, I don't know what you think of the early church. I don't know how much you personally know about the early church. But Christians were not popular. Christians were not, there was, it's not like how it used to be in America, where if you were a Christian, it, it allowed you access into certain political groups and social groups. And so you wanted to be a Christian so that you could get some benefits. No, in the beginning of the church, you were persecuted and killed and, and you were a second class citizen and you were. Uh, it just you suffered a lot of persecution. And so what Peter's saying here is that I'm not weaving a tall tale for you. I'm not saying these things for fame, fortune, money, glory. No, I'm, I'm going to eventually go see Jesus because of my faith. I'm, I'm going to go uh, be persecuted and killed because of what I believe. No, I'm telling you this because I saw him. I saw Jesus. I saw Jesus raised. And that's the that's what I want to share with you, that you can be confident in what you believe. Uh, verse 16, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Verse 17, he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory saying, this is my son. With him, I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. I think of two, two points, the transfiguration of Jesus, but also there was something similar said when Jesus was first baptized. This is my son. This is Jesus. Anyways, apologetically, this is important because you can be confident that what's in the gospels and what's in these letters are true because there was no other incentive for Peter and Paul and the disciples and the early believers who were killed for their faith. There was no incentive for them to lie. They didn't get anything out of it. There was no glory for them. They were hunted. Paul had to flee from city to city because various groups followed him. We did not follow cleverly devised stories. He's not trying to trick you. There was nothing in it for the readers of Peter's letters. It would have been better for them to join some other religion, to go worship the emperor, so to go join the local religious cults. There was nothing in it for them to worship Jesus other than the fact that it's true. So why did Peter write this letter? He wrote it so that we would be encouraged so that we would be emboldened and strengthened, so that we would have good doctrine, so that we could go through tough times and trials. Because Jesus is Lord, and he rose from the dead. This stuff matters. Verse 19, this gets into prophecy. 
we also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable. And you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, through, uh, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So what Peter's saying is true prophecy comes from God himself. Don't fall prey to false preachers and false teachers. He gets into that in chapter 2, which we're not going to get into because we're almost at 7 o'clock. Don't fall prey to bad doctrine. That's how we started out the, the, the second hour today, talking about bad doctrine. Don't fall to false teaching and false preaching, no matter how good it sounds. False prophecy. I, I love my Pentecostal brothers and sisters, but sometimes there's false prophets. I love my fellow evangelicals. I love uh, other teachers and preachers. But sometimes if we are not careful, bad doctrine can creep in the church if we don't know our Bibles. We hear about the prosperity gospel. Name it, claim it. If you have enough faith, God will do whatever the uh, whatever you want. Well, that's false. It's whatever God wants, not what we want. He's not our uh, big old Santa Claus in the heavens where I can just pull his beard and then he can then give me whatever I want. That's not how it works. Sometimes there are false prophets when it comes to, well, that, but just anything else. Hey, this is going to happen and that's going to happen. And then the day comes and goes and it did not happen. That's a false prophet. We need to be careful. And the way we're careful is to know our Bible, know our Bible. So we walk through second Peter chapter one tonight, and I don't know what's in for next week. I don't know if we'll go to chapter two, maybe we'll go somewhere else. If Greg's on next week for the second hour and I'm not here, well, then, you know, he might have some other topic, but if you like second Peter, go ahead, read the rest of the book. It's three chapters and we just walk through one. So read chapter one again, if you if you like, then there's chapters two and three. I think it's a great book and it's overlooked because it's not one of the major big books like Matthew or Mark or, or Luke or John or Genesis. So go check it out. Read the rest of it. It's just three chapters. We'll be back on tomorrow. What's tomorrow going to be? Oh, yeah, tomorrow's going to be a Thursday. So we'll be back on tomorrow from 5 to 7. This is Truth 101.1 FM and AM 850. Make sure to check out our website, PriorityTalkRadio.com. You can find the podcast there as well. And I hope you're praying in the Word, active in your local church. And let's stay positive. Let's spread joy. Let's tell people about Jesus. So y'all be safe and we'll talk with you tomorrow. So I'm going home.